This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 323 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit and Uncle Jimmy's. Philip is off this week, so Reese and I take the reins and we speak with young rider Sarah Thomas. Plus, we have Lou Denizard back with us to talk about the lessons learned at the Pan Am Games, and listener Maggie joins us to talk about girths. This is Reese Coffler Stanfield from Chesapeake City, Maryland today. And this is Philip Parks. I'm calling from Canada. <laughs> Actually, no, this is not. Philip is not here, and I don't do a very good Canadian accent. No, it was so. terrible. <laughs> Philip's going to love when he listens to that. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Be Hi, quitting. Glenn. It's Glenn here. Hi, How Reese. Are you? So good to be on the show with you this week. I'm so privileged. I can't tell you the last time you and I just did a show together. I know. It's been a long time. We have lots to talk about today, too. But first, we're going to talk about your exciting news I just saw on Facebook. Yes. Tell so us. I'm I am here in Chesapeake City, Maryland at Hassler Dressage, um, Elin Court. And we also call Hello. And I qualified for the six-year-old national finals. And I'm here this week uh, for camp. I'm calling it adult camp. It's great. Uh, my Wasn't mom. Hello, that big horse I, I met in Florida. Did I meet? Yes, yeah. you met him in Florida. Yeah, he's even bigger. He's Glenn. huge. I mean, this he's is a huge, huge horse. He's. I, I, Reese, and I you're love him. tall. You, this horse makes you look short. <laughs> <laughs> he does actually. He's a perfect size for me, and I just think he's perfect. And um, so it's really fun. I actually just have one horse here with me, and my mom uh, came with me. It's a it's a, quite a drive. It's a twelve hour drive from Kentucky here, and uh, we're here for the week. And it's just been so much fun. I've been able to just spend time with Hello, and my mom and I have gone on some excursions. And uh, is it weird? Some... I've talked to we've talked to how many professional riders have we talked to that uh, make a team and then go to training with one horse after riding ten every day, and they get there and they go, oh, I'm, I'm done riding today, and now what do I do? <laughs> yes, it's weird. Well, you know, I brought some books and um, uh, just yeah, I've done yoga. I mean, it's just been awesome. Shopping. We, I'm sure yeah, if your mom's there, there's been some shopping. They're shopping. Yeah. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, we went to um, the beautiful town of Chesapeake City. It's very close, and it's right on the Chesapeake Bay. And uh, this evening, I think we're going to uh, go on a little drive and do some exploring. So, yeah, it's really fun just uh, just to focus on one horse. And uh, like I said, I think he's tired of us. He's like, okay, just let me have a nap. <laughs> we're like, oh, we're going to walk him now, and we're going to do this. So, uh, But it's just a privilege to be here and, and really get ready um, and, and really get very technical into the test. So that's what we're doing. Well, good luck on that. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. I well, know we're going this was home one next- of your goals. So. This was a big goal for yeah. us. Um, on my whole team, Town and Country Farm, and Philip uh, was was there and helped us buy this horse. And this has been a, a goal for the last year is to get to this final. So really looking forward to it. And we're here a week, and we actually head home for a week. Um, you're going to meet Sarah Thomas here in a few minutes. She is uh, also a rider here at Hassler that's training for the U25 division, under 25 Grand Prix. Um, and so it's been fun to be with people who are also preparing for a championship. So uh, lots of good stuff. And uh, we go home for a week, and then the next week after we'll head to Chicago. So that's our plan this month. Very good. Well, we uh, 
I want to talk a little shop with you here, if we yeah. can, before we get to our first guest. Uh, and I want to thank the listeners of the Dressage Radio Show, too, kind of doing this in all the shows this week. I just spent the weekend in Texas at Fort Worth, and we were at the what's called Podcast Movement 2015, which is the largest podcasters convention in the world. We had 1,200 podcasters there, and you know, we started podcasting, you and I and, and all my other hosts, long before podcasting was a thing. Um, right. You know, when we didn't even know what the heck we were doing. And now it really, thanks to NPR and a couple of celebrities that have started podcasting, it really has become kind of mainstream. People are learning about it and they're finally catching up to us, basically. I know. Uh, it's great, Glenn. Congratulations. Well, and you'd be so proud because really the horse. I went. I didn't speak at all. I went Thursday. They 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 needed to kill twenty minutes in the one session. There were only about sixty people in that session, and they said, "Glenn, can you get up and do some questions and answers?" Because you've been doing it longer than most anybody here. So I did, and apparently it went very well because those sixty people told uh, almost everybody in the convention, and by the end, everybody knew about the Horse Radio Network. Yay! Um, and awesome. there were some of the top podcasters in the world there that are getting millions of downloads, uh, you know, in the tech world and, and celebrity world. Aisha Taylor did a keynote speech. She's the one that uh, is a comedian and also the host of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. And she, she was there, and that was very funny. She did a great job with it. And there's some guys there, you know, that are very popular, yet... Ten times I heard in different breakout sessions throughout the thing, I would get texts from all my fellow podcasters in Florida. We're all a big, uh, tight group. They would text and say, they just mentioned the Horse Radio Network again on stage. And that must yes. have happened ten times throughout the whole thing because we are, we've kind of figured out with one, a couple of the other veterans there that at 4,200 episodes and over 6,000 guests that we've interviewed, we're probably in the top five of all podcast networks in the world. That's crazy. And that's in the little horse niche. You know, when you talk tech, you're talking millions of people, right? Right. Um, we're in the horse world. So they were really using the Horse Radio Network as an example of what can happen in a small niche market. And, and we have eight shows, and, and we'll have 12, by the way, by the end of the year, in this small niche world of, of the horses, right? Um, so I got known as the horse guy all weekend. and uh, <laughs> every, fine. That's how you're known anyways. Yeah, yeah. Every time somebody would see me, they'd go, oh, there's the horse guy. And they'd come up and talk. Uh, you know, and I was, I was thrilled to be able to help so many, probably about 150 uh, podcasters, just talking to them about getting started and getting going and, and, you know, actually making it work. We're not making a lot of money doing this yet. But I think that we will eventually. And, you know, it's thanks to our sponsors that we're, allow us to do it full time. Absolutely. And our listeners, you know, you guys should be very proud. We're in the horse world, for God's sake. We can barely figure out how to use our phones. And we are <laughs> leading most of the technology podcasts in the world. <laughs> Yay! You know, the Dressage Radio Show is in the... Some statistics came out over the weekend. The Dressage Radio Show is about, what is it, about 18,000 listeners, right, each week? That's right. And that puts us in the top half percent of all podcasts in the world. <laughs> Just the, dress Yay. the Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> the most boring sport in the world. Hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, there's parts. Everybody, we have to admit, there are parts that are kind of boring. 
lie. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody's arguing with me really. Um, so yeah, it is. Uh, it it is. It was very flattering over the weekend, and I'm just so proud of you, of Philip, of all of the hosts, and really all of the listeners and the sponsors that we've had that are such big supporters. They were sponsoring us when we didn't have any listeners. So. You know, now that we've grown and, and we've grown this big, uh, they're along for the ride, and, and I really appreciate that. One thing that th- that I've gotten the question on by many people and some of your listeners is, how did this all start with you and Philip? Uh, and we told this story before, but we have new listeners all the time, so we're telling the origin stories on all the shows. I talked about how the Horse Radio Network started on Horses in the Morning on Monday. You can go back and listen to that. But uh, as far as Reese is concerned, um, Chris Stafford hosted the show for a lot of years. And then I needed a new host when Chris left. And I knew you. Jennifer saw you doing a seminar in Lexington one day downtown. I don't know what it was for. I think it was for Alltech. Was it for Alltech, maybe? It might have been. It was in the lead-up of the World Cruise of Questioning News. Games. Yeah. yeah, we so, did a lot uh, of blitzing right before for all of us. We did a lot a lot of speaking before yeah, the World and she games. saw you, and she was so impressed. <laughs> she was so impressed. She said, you got to meet this Reese girl. And then what happened is we saw you and your mom at Ohio at the Equine Affair. Yes, that's right. And we mm-hmm. weren't planning to. You were just there. We were there. And, right. Um, and, yeah, and, and I was, I was, I was speaking. Yeah, I was and speaking and I was it. very impressed. And then I met your mom somehow <laughs> there. Yeah. And she was plugging you, and then we had you on as a guest, right? <laughs> that's right. I think that's right. Or we met somewhere. Well, I never I, hire a host there. unless I have mom as a guest first. So we must have had you on a guest, probably at Stable Scoop with Helena and I. And then uh, probably, and then I talked to you about hosting the dressage. We became friends long before I asked you to do this. I we think. became friends, yeah. and then I did a lot for the morning show. I did cooking with Reese, and I don't That's, remember how that came up. I don't remember, um, but I did it. And I need to go back on. What I, a bizarre I thing that. to come up of her dressage rider, right? <laughs> it's totally random, and I like I really like to cook. So you had asked me. I think I said that in one of my segments, and you said, "Oh." would you come on and do a recipe? And I said, sure, I'll come on and do a recipe. That's no problem. So I came on and did a recipe for a while, almost a year, maybe six months, something like that. So you asked me to pick up the dressage show. Um, And I said, uh, three months, three months, three months. And you said, okay, that's fine. But see, everybody, I knew what uh, short of memory Reese had. So (laughs) I I knew that two months in, she'd forget she ever said that. (laughs) No, I never forgot. (laughs) I still look at that. Three years later, I'm like, I said I would do this for three months, but no, no, no. And actually, um, so then the kind of the search was on for a co-host. And it's actually not as easy as it sounds to find someone. And I did not know this going in at all. I just was asking friends who I thought would be fun to work with. Um, and we tested a few people and they did a good job, but, um, it was pretty clear that we needed a, a male voice. Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. I'm all for, by the way, that came, I was asked that a lot over the weekend and I'm a firm believer and you notice almost all of our shows have male, female. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, you said we, we need to find a male voice and actually funny enough, um, I knew Philip from the young dressage horse trainers conference, uh, that we come actually here at Hassler dressage. They host that conference every November and uh, Philip and I had been friends, and and we we definitely always always got along really well. And uh, we have you know a nice little tight knit 
group of people who actually a lot of them come on the show quite often. Uh, you know, especially if we need a guest, there are sort of our our uh, you know somebody cancels or something, they all come on and they're great. Uh, Katie Pogue, Megan McIsaac, um, they a lot of those girls will come on and help us. So Philip and I were friends through that, and I called him up and same thing. I said, hey, I've been asked to do this radio show. Would you come on and um, do it? with us. And he said, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be happy to. We'll give it a try. And we were horrible. Oh, my God. We were <laughs> Actually, you know, we, this is not something we're speaking out of school. We've talked about it before. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it was a couple of weeks in and and it just wasn't flowing like I had hoped. And I finally sat you both down and said, would you just be yourselves? Yeah. You know, just stop trying to be radio hosts and just be yourselves and talk and, you know, share your knowledge. You guys know so much. And especially, Philip, you were a little more at ease than he was. And when he finally relaxed, and for some reason, like the fourth weekend, the light bulb just went on. You guys, I don't know if you'd been drinking that episode or what. Probably. Probably were. (laughs) I used to drink heavily. I don't have to drink anymore, but it was heavily. You both had had the right amount of alcohol, and it just clicked. And then from then on, it, you guys uh, have doubled the numbers of the show every week, and people love you. I can't tell you how many people mention you all the time. And uh, even at the meetup the other night we did in Texas, we had a listener meetup when I was there, organized by a listener. And people listened to your show. There was a lady there from London who was at our listener meetup in Fort Worth, Texas, who had come in to see her family. And it just happened to be they were in Fort Worth and she was there that night. So she came over and she's a dressage rider and she loves you guys. She she said she learned so much from you guys. It's like having a, a free lesson every week. Well, that's what we hope. I mean, Philip and I are not at all trained radio hosts. I think we are getting better. Every every show we learn something. But um, that was the point was to bring two trainers on. We do this professionally every day, all day long. And uh, and you were we afraid to... to talk about it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I think we were. But I think that we've learned over time. And, and I think you continually learn that. Every professional rider, uh, you know, we all try to really do our best for the horses mostly, uh, you know, we try and, and you have to learn that it's a learning curve and a learning process and you have to keep learning. And, uh, so we're lucky that we get to share, um, our knowledge, but we also, you know, get back so much from this radio show as well. And the people we interview, we've, you know, we, well, we talked to Laura Graves last week and she's great and, and become a friend and a uh, Lou Denizar who's on the show today, you know, it's been great because we know a lot of people and everyone's sort of catching on and they're like, oh, that's really fun. I'll do that anytime you need. So it's that, been a really cool thing. You know, that's when I've been, I was asked um, actually by a lot of people what, what, because we, I mean, at eight years doing this, our anniversary is Saturday will be our eighth year. Um, we are veterans in the podcasting world. There's, it only started 10 years ago, right? Wow. Yeah. When, when nobody could figure out how to even listen to the show, we couldn't figure out how to do it. So, um, <laughs> It was we were very early on, and they they asked me what was been the highlight for me, and the highlight for me has been making so many friends. We have we have you know you guys, all the hosts, uh, all of our guests, and then our sponsors. You know we have I've probably interviewed four thousand people in that wow. eight years. Wow. Who else gets to talk to four thousand of yeah. the most <laughs> engaging top level people in their industry? Yeah. I mean a couple of weeks ago we had the owners of American Pharaoh on. That's so cool. I mean we don't get to who else gets to do that, right? Yeah. I mean and then you become friends with them. 
And you know, and and that has been the coolest part. We all don't make much money doing this, but <laughs> our experiences that we have yeah. had. Jamie, host of the morning show, just got done being invited out because of the radio show for two weeks training mustangs with Monty Roberts so cool. at the farm, and then riding her horse with Monty on a trail ride every night for two weeks. So cool. Who gets to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> So. It's very true. And we, we you know, we, we've had great sponsors and a lot of them have uh, continued to sponsor both Philip and I and so thankful for that. And um, you do, it's true. We get to, you know, if we have a question even about our own horses, we get to, we get to find the answer out and, and get to talk online. And uh, we have, like you said, Philip um, and Meredith, uh, his wife and Travis, my husband and I, we've all become really good friends um, out off the show. Um, and you know, we went to Las Vegas together and then, uh, we went to the Pan Am games. So we all really enjoy, we went to their wedding. Um, so it's, it's just been a really fun and, and Glenn and Jennifer, we meet up with them whenever we can. And so it's been a lot of fun to, um, to do it. And that's why we're still here, huh, Glenn? That's why we're still here. And and the other people that have met each other is our listeners. Yeah. A lot of them have met through the shows, and you know that's really cool. That that's when you know you really have done something in building a community, and that's what new media is all about, right? I mean, it's all about building community. So, exactly. thank you to all of our listeners. Yes, thank we, you all. Thanks for really appreciate you, and and you. Uh, congratulations to our listeners for making the Horse Radio Network one of the top networks in the world. And the little, finally, horses get some love. Horses, we get some love. <laughs> love it. Congratulations to you and Jennifer too, Glenn. You guys put so much work into this. We we are only here for an hour or, or two every week, man, but you guys, every show it takes, well, it depends on, depends on the night on how bad Philip and I are, um, how much editing well, you have to do. I can do. tell you this. There are a lot of shocked people when they, you know, we put out 15 to 20 episodes a week and there were a lot of shocked people who are putting out one episode a week in podcasting and they ask how many in our, are in our team. And I tell them it's Jennifer and I, and we do everything and oh. they're, they're just want to fall over. So yeah. it's an unbelievable amount of so. work you guys put into it. So thank you as well. Well, why don't you said- introduce our first guest? Are we going to start with Sarah? We- our, well, we can start with Sarah. She's adorable. I've met her here while I'm training uh, at Hassler Dressage. Her name is Sarah Thomas, and she's got a great story. Uh, she's under 25, and she you're going to hear. She drives from D.C. all the way here to Hassler Dressage, two hours every day to train, uh, and is in uh, college and working in the fashion industry. So I hope you enjoy her story. She's really cool, also in person. Well, this evening, I am so excited to have my new friend, Sarah Thomas, on. We are both here at Hassler Dressage training for the national finals. She qualified in the (laughs) U25 division. And uh, this is, Glenn, I think this is my first in-person interview. Really? (laughs) Wow, we need to get you out more, Reese. I know. I need to be out more. Well, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, you are just a great sport. You got, just got off your horse. I got off my horse. We're all sweaty. Uh, this is perfect. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. So, I grew up in London, England. Um, I moved there when I was six. I was originally born in Texas and then started riding um, in the parks in London as a little hobby. And then it kind of just grew and grew and grew from there. Um, and then I started training with Anna Ross Davies, who's an international Grand Prix rider in England. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. And then I, I now go to Georgetown University and live in D.C. and came to the Hasslers when I wanted to move my horse over to the States. 
So yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So what are you studying at Georgetown? Political economy and history. Oh, how cool. Yeah. So how far is it from Hassler to school? Um, it's a two-hour drive each way. So that's really, really In tough. In D.C. traffic, that must be fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I luckily, I'm usually up at 5 and coming. I usually leave my house at 5.30 to avoid early morning traffic um, and try and get my riding done before classes. But it can be really tough balancing, like, school life, uh, education, and then riding and everything. It can be tough, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's incredibly difficult. It's hard when you live in the same town. But the traffic, you know, from here to D.C., which we found out on the way up in Baltimore. Oh, my gosh. It is awful. Yeah, it's not easy traffic. So Wow, that's so cool. So what are you up here qualifying this summer for? This summer, I'm doing the U25 Brentina Cup. So um, I just got my horse recently, so it's brand new to both of us. So it's very, very exciting. And then hopefully we'll move on to the big Grand Prix next year. Great. Possibly. So just for everybody, the U25 is also called the Brentina Cup, and it is part of the national dressage finals that are happening. Um, part of the national finals are happening in Chicago in three weeks. So Sarah will be done before mm-hmm. she has to go back to school. Yes. Um, so that's what she's working on to qualify for. Yes. Well, she's qualified for it. I have qualified. We just qual- finished qualification a couple weeks ago. We just got confirmation. You had to be top 12 in the country with your average score over three shows. So we were able to do that. And now we're headed to Chicago in two weeks. Perfect. So uh, for Brentina Cup, is there a low average you have to be above? You have to be above a 62% average. And um, you also have to complete um, an intermediate two test. That's part of the qualification. Got it. And so the top 12 riders that are uh, 21 to 25 or is it 18 to 25? I'm not 100%. I'm pretty sure you can be 18 and still do it, but it's, de- it's under 25, definitely. Awesome. So tell us about your horse. My horse is named Argo Conti Time. Um, I bought him in April. He's a 13-year-old Oldenburg gelding by Argentinus and Continue. Um, he was the reserve for the Pan Am Games for Canada um, for the small tour, and he had done just done his first Grand Prix um, before I bought him, and then we kind of went into boot camp and we're both um, very, very new to the Grand Prix, but a lot of potential, hopefully. So, but he's great. He's got the best temperament. Uh, super cute. He looks like a pony. But. He is super cute. <laughs> I just gave him carrots and sugar. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he's the best. Um, so he comes into work every day, super happy and ready to give it his all. So we oh, love him. That's great. So, yeah. what are your strengths and weaknesses in the test? In the test, um, our changes are probably our highlight um if we can get them (laughs) I've been I go through phases where I can have my one-time changes and then they just go away for some reason they disappear that (laughs) That can happen it's a mental game with me and then um our pee-off is a highlight um our extensions and then probably the weakest point for us right now is our passage because he's so new to all the movements um but he definitely has the potential to have a great passage we're just really trying to work on it. And then our pirouettes, when we get them, they're great. But then if we don't have them, we really struggle. So, but we've got some definitely like 
good highlights and then some weaknesses, but we've had different mistakes in every test we've done, which is really interesting and exciting. And we always have something to work on, which yeah. is great. I think with the Grand Prix, you'll do that for the next tw- oh my gosh. 20 times. Forever. <laughs> you have to do the Grand Prix a lot to, yes. to get it right. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah. So now what's your plan for, we have what, two and a half weeks till Chicago? Yeah, we leave. Um, we leave two weeks from this Sunday. Got it. So yeah. what is sort of your lead up? What are you doing for the next two weeks? For the next two weeks? Well, this week we've got um, some pretty intense training. I ride with Scott Hassler pretty much every day. We're doing a combination of uh, riding the movements from the test, a lot of groundwork with the Piaf Passage, um, a lot of body work to get my horse feeling really, really great. Um, and then he's also got some massages pretty much every week. Uh, we have our people come in and work on him. And then he'll have a look at from the vet this weekend just to make sure everything's going great. And then next week he might have a little bit of some time off just to give him a little rest and then building up towards next weekend right before we leave. So, yeah. That's a great. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And that's pretty typical for a high-performance horse. You'll have the vet look at them about – well, I, I start once a week before a big championship, about a month out. Uh, just, again, just kind of keep an eye on things and making sure we're doing what we're doing. And it's typical for these guys that, you know, uh, Argo's doing the Grand Prix. So he has a lot of work to, you know, it's a lot of work for him. So anything we can do to sort of help him, I think, is a exactly. really good idea. Yeah, he's getting iced every day. He gets his massages. He had acupuncture last week. So Everything we can do to help them, we try and do. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So now for the summer, are you also in school or did you take school off this So summer? I have school off this summer. I'm coming into my senior year, um, but I'm actually working. I'm interested in fashion. So I'm working retail in D.C. just to get some experience under my belt. So that wow. on top of pretty much full-time training has been a little tough to balance, but I'm so used to it. I've balanced like very intense school with top training for my entire life. So um, I'm working about four days a week, um, but the hasslers have been great. I stay at their house like three times a week just to make the drive easier and help with early morning lessons and things. So I'm really close with the hassler family, so that helps definitely. Well, you don't have to worry about the hassle of boyfriends. You don't have time for one. I know. I actually, I actually do have a boyfriend, but he's he's You're training him well. He likes his alone time, apparently, because yeah, <laughs> he's actually in LA all summer. Perfect. So he's like perfect. doing his thing. I got my thing. It's perfect. We Facetime, and then that's it. We're good. I think that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Let's face it, Glenn. We can't have any um prima donna horse uh, horsey or our boyfriends around. That's it's right. Too much. That's right. Yeah, they no, make, can't handle they that. They make you lose focus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's pretty focused around here. Where's Sarah? Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. She's great. She came right on into the – we're in the conference room here at Hassler, which is absolutely gorgeous, and it's a really fun place to train, and everyone's Definitely. really, really – well, it's just a great positive environment. So thank you so much for your time course, today. Thanks for and having me. I will, we'll stay in touch and stay friends in Chicago. Definitely. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Thank you. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in Sugar-Free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. 
The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hanging Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Well, Reese, you know, we've been talking about the uh, shoulder relief girth from Total Saddle Fit for a long time. And it's been you and I doing the talking and Philip and, you know, just all of us, right? And now we had a meetup. I told you about it earlier in the show in Texas uh, with some listeners and some of the hosts from the Horse Radio Network when I was there over the weekend. And I met this young girl who actually uses the girth not for dressage, but for something else. And her name is Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Hello. I use that girth for um, trail riding mostly. But you compete because too, my, right? You compete. Yes, in... I compete. Yeah, trail riding, um, competitive trail riding, mostly is what I do. And so, I always had a really hard time keeping my horses from getting girth galls because they're big, big round horses, and they just their girth rub them really bad. And we found this girth, and we went ahead and was like, "Well, let's try it. it doesn't hurt." And I have absolutely loved it for, for the ride. And it's such a nice girth, you know, nice leather, and it's stood up really nice for the miles that I've done. And you guys I'm do a lot some, of miles, too. Yeah, we're doing some fast, hard work, too. And it has done wonders for um, my little arrow that I've been using. He, his girth gets up in his elbow really bad, and it has helped him so much. What kind of saddle do you ride in? I ride in a specialized saddle, a little endurance specialized saddle. Um, I have a really old one, not one of the new fancy ones. <laughs> but um, Sometimes the oldies are better. I'm telling you. Oh, sucks. yes. The oldies are better. They're broken in. Yeah, this is a great saddle. It's um, it's had, oh, what, like five different owners, and most of them are still doing nature today. They're just like, oh, I need a different saddle. And I was like, oh, well, I'll have it. You know, it's just one of those things. It's like the travel, you know, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. It's the, the, the uh, traveling saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so cute. Well, and, and Maggie, I've also had really good luck uh, with a total saddle fit shoulder relief girth on my mare, Jamaica. And we call her Meepy. And she's older and also a little bit on the rotund side. She was retired. And yeah. uh, I brought her, I put her back to work this summer. And I asked Justin, I said, how will the girth work on kind of a plumper individual? <laughs> and uh, we were having also the same issue with girth galls. And uh, it's been fantastic. She has not gotten a girth gall or anything. So I have also had great luck with a little more rotund in the belly. Yeah, I am. Um, I also use it on my other little mare who is definitely very rotund and she had, she had a lot of excess skin in her elbow. So it just kind of gets caught up in there and it has been great on her too. You know, once again, rotund. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just, it's been a lifesaver because that's one of the things that I've always had problems with 
with my mayor and this, gel- this new gelding, I've always had trouble with earth galls because they get up too far in their elbows or they just rub wrong. And it's just, they have, I've always had problems with that. And that's a bunch of points that I get taken off. And when I found this earth, I have, you know, it minimized it, if not completely gone on my earth galls. You know what I've determined? Your horses all need a diet. what I've determined. Oh, you be nice. You be nice to those Hey, I got a pony that's so fat, too. And you know what? We have the same problem with our saddles for the harness, for the driving. Uh, he, he gets the rub marks just like you guys are getting. And uh, unfortunately, Total Saddle Fit doesn't do a girth yet for driving. Maybe someday. I think he's been asked to do it. Yes. I, think he's been I know asked. he has been asked before to do it. But thank you so much, Maggie, for letting Thanks, us know. Maggie. Absolutely. Yeah. We I'm appreciate glad it. that, you know, share because, like I said, it's really it's changed my feeding. And let's give a plug for your mom. Uh, her mom, Alice, does a show with us once a month on the Horses in the Morning show. Does a show for the uh, North American Trail Ride uh, Conference. And we do a trail riding show once a month on Horses in the Morning. So you can find uh, her mom over there. Thanks, Maggie. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Well, that was super exciting and, and fun to hear Maggie chat about the girth. As everybody knows, we are seriously fans of this girth. Uh, wrote in it today. So uh, thanks to Maggie for talking to us about the total saddle fit shoulder relief girth. And now, um, back by popular man, Lou Denizard. He rides for Puerto Rico. Lou came on and did a trainer tip for us um, this winter, and he was so good. Uh, we asked him to come back and talk about his experience at the Pan Am Games representing Puerto Rico, and I hope you enjoy. Well, we are so excited tonight to have Luis Denizar. He rides for Puerto Rico on the line. He just got back from a fantastic um, experience and event at the Pan American Games. Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. We are so happy to have you back. You did such a great job. If anybody wants a great half-halt tip, Lou did a trainer tip for us uh, sometime this winter when we were in Florida, and it's a great tip. So we were excited to have you back on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, Lou, let's get started. Tell us about your experience at the Pan Am Games. Oh, it was a, it was a fantastic experience. Um, there was 43 competitors in total, and I was one of them. So uh, it was uh, great to be there with the other athletes, all the other teams. There were, you know, there were quite a few teams. I think there were like nine teams in total. And then uh, there was probably about six individuals representing their countries. And again, I was one of those. So it was a lot of fun intermingling with everybody, talking to them and um, getting to know them. Tell us about what was your preparation for coming up, coming up to Canada. Did you get any shows in sort of, you know, in May or June or, or how were you preparing your horse? It, um, in reality, with Royal Affair, because the goal was to move up to Grand Prix as soon as the Pan Ams were <laughs> were done, um, I actually showed a couple of national shows at the Grand Prix level and uh, did that up until June, did my last show in June, and then spent the rest of the month kind of uh, preparing myself to ride the Smalls Tour again, um, but didn't feel that I needed any more shows leading into that, so I kind of arrived on the, he arrived on the 6th, I arrived on the 5th of July, and the competition started with the jog on the 10th. Fantastic. So tell us about your horse, Royal Affair. Um, he is a 13-year-old Hanoverian um, who is uh, quite the character, uh, can mm-hmm. be quite stoic at times, and uh, other times can be quite spooky and, and a handful. 
<laughs> and you've had, how long have you had this horse? About two and a half years now. And was, you know, was your goal ultimately the Pan Am Games or, or just Pan Am Games and then on to the, onto Rio? I would love to go on to Rio. So I kind of look at it in, in stages. And as you know, it's an Olympic cycle. So there's usually the Central American Games, which were last year that he went to. And then this year is the Pan Ams and next year is the, is the Olympics. So, um, you know, we'll try our darndest to get into the Olympic Games. There's only one slot available. Um, so I don't know that if that will happen for us. And if we miss that, then we will plan for the World Equestrian Games two years from now. So, Luke, explain really quickly, because actually I don't know the answer either. What, wh- how do you qualify from the Olympics from this point? Um, and for me in particular, there is one slot given to what is considered South American, Puerto Rico with Olympic autonomy from the United States is part of that um, South American region, which is region E. Um, and from there, what basically happens is, is you have to compete in as many CDIs at the Grand Prix level that you can. And the higher you place, the more points you earn towards the world rankings. The highest ranked rider from region E in the world will get the next slot to go to the Olympics. That's, that's super competitive, isn't it? It's really hard. Uh, it is. I think there's uh, a lot of countries. Right now, there's a lot of countries. And as we saw, there's the quite a few games, countries. Yeah, yeah, quite a few, quite you know, a few good riders. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be one of those things that's that's down down to the wire. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. So, can, did you end up going to the opening ceremonies? And you know, what's what's different about the? I mean, because it's not just a regular horse show. It, it's it's part of you know the bigger Pan American experience. Can you tell us a little bit about about that? Yeah, I sure can. I didn't end up going to the opening ceremonies because um, I, they were shuttling us uh, from the where they kept the athletes, the athletes' hotel that was near the the venue in Caledon, um, Canada. They were shuttling us at one in the afternoon to go and stand and wait in line until we marched into the stadium, probably close to like seven o'clock at night. Oh, that's a long um, way. And then you have to march in, and then you sit and you watch the whole show. And then I think the first bus arrived back from the opening ceremonies at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> so although wow. although I showed at three thirty in the afternoon, I really thought mm, I'm here for a purpose, and that purpose is to compete and be in good mind. So I think I better just stay stay back and watch it on TV, which is what I did. It was a school night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no partying, no partying yeah. for the massage riders who go first, yeah. right? Yeah. That is we, correct. That's, you know, and, and that's, you know, what happens as an athlete. And, you know, I have to rein some of my, my kiddos in when we're competing. And, and I think some of my other ladies, you know, just to say, hey, come you on, sure? you know, what are we, are, are we here to the horse show? What are we for? What are our goals? And certainly when you're exactly. at a games situation, you know, it's a long time and that's really out of your routine. And, and I think sometimes that's part of the experience is sort of making the, the uh, you know, the call to stay home and, and go to sleep early and, and be prepared. So uh, that's, Absolutely. I understand. <laughs> so kind of that, walk that us That was through. my call to, to yeah. stay home. <laughs> And beyond that, the, you know, the idea of the games um, and how to compete, it's, you know, it was an interesting process uh, going into Canada because it was really going to be about Canada and the United States competing for the Olympic team spot. So kind of going into it, we all knew as nations um, going in that we had to vie for positions beyond, outside of that little uh, competition within the competition. 
And so um, I set myself particular goals that would make me proud and happy that I that I achieved. And one of them was I ended up 16th at both the last two Pan Am games that I competed at. And that did not get me into the freestyle. 15 went in. So I was able to go into the freestyle. And in the end, I think I ranked 11th out of 43. That's fantastic. That's really yeah. fantastic, Lou. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> very proud and uh, very proud of my horse and his owner and everything. It was a fantastic experience. So, Lou, can you walk us through sort of each of the tests? Can you start with the pre-St. George? Uh, you know, how did you like your test and how did it feel? Um, well, uh, with my trainer's advice, his advice is always, you know, when you're doing a series of tests like that that involve um, you're kind of building towards the judge's impression, he always says, ride the first test clean and maybe a little bit conservative so that they can at least put you in the right spot. If you go for it too much and you take too much risk, you, you, you'll get penalized for that. So um, I took the pre-St. George. I wrote a clean test. I wrote it uh, what was slightly conservative and let the judges kind of put whatever they were going to do with that score and was pretty pleased. I think that was a 69%. Then uh, that led me into the I-1. And the I-1, I thought, okay, well, a little more risk. Got to put a little more pizzazz into this, see if they're willing to let that go. Well, it just so happened I didn't have to put too much pizzazz in. There was so much activity in the I-1 from the crowd that was around that he got a little more excited. So my job was just to guide that energy and and, and see where that fell. And that was extremely well uh, received by the judges to a 70%. And then uh, the I-1 freestyle was my first time riding to new music. Um, it was brand new music for me. Same choreography, but different music. And he has a history of not being 100% with me in the freestyles because he's a little noise sensitive to the music, to whatever, many things. So I just said, okay, well, don't let that get to you and don't let it distract you from your choreography and knowing that you can keep, you can catch up to your music and do what you have to do. So I felt that I was uh, very well prepared for that and I thought the music was a huge hit. So I was pleased. Very good. I mean, I, I watched it and I enjoyed it very much. It was a I mean, your your horse has a little bit of that little bit of that spark that just makes you sit up in your seat a little bit, and 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 it was very enjoyable. Excellent, so, thank Lou, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, yeah, Lou. Um, how how was this games different from uh, uh, the Pan Am games that you've competed in previously that you, that you mentioned? How how you know overall how did Canada do? I have to say that um, the venue, it, the biggest difference is what's um, the level of competition is getting a little more intense in the sense of people are riding cleaner tests and and are, and are presenting a much more elegant picture from Pan Am game to Pan Am game. Um, and when I when I say that, I you know the U.S. and the, the Canadians have always been uh, very good powerhouses in the sport, so it's not a question of their getting better. Um, it's the other nations that are catching up. And that's uh, fun. That's fun to watch. And it's fun to be part of. Um, but Rio was a bit uh, large stadium, very much like Canada, but not much attendance. I mean, you could count maybe 30 people in a humongous stadium uh, watching us ride. So that was a little disappointing for all three phases. Uh, Guadalajara, Mexico was a much more quaint um, smaller venue with uh, it was it was quite full but it was quite full because it was a smaller venue. Um, so that was enjoyable. And then uh, Canada just had the largest stadium with the most people in it, especially for the I-1 and the I-1 freestyle. So that was a lot of fun to hear that crowd really cheer for you and get behind you. 
Oh, for sure. No, that it was it was a great venue, and it was really fun to come even as a spectator um, and enjoy and see see all the athletes and uh, you know the joy that everyone was was having. So, kind of tell us now how do you, how do you wrap up the games with Royal Fair? What are you doing now? And and what are, you know, I know Rio's the goal, but how do you sort of now progress to that goal? Well, um, you know, uh, he came home, and I thought he deserved a vacation, so he's still on vacation this week. Uh, <laughs> we'll pick him up and gradually get him back into work starting next week. Um, and then we try not to look back at the small tour work anymore and just uh, progress towards doing um, the Grand Prix work and making sure that that comes easy to him um, so that by this winter, when the uh, winter season starts here in Florida, which is usually towards the end of December, we're hopefully hitting every CDI Grand Prix that's available to us. Well, fantastic. Well, I can't wait to cheer you on. You guys are one of my favorite teams, and I look forward to seeing you all next winter. And uh, we'd love to keep in touch with you on your road to Rio. Absolutely. We'd love to tell you how it's going. Fantastic. So, Lou, tell our listeners how they can find you online. Um, I, I have a website. It's uh, com. And they, um, if they're in Palm City, Florida, they're welcome to come visit the farm anytime they're in the area. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Philip should be back next week, right? Yeah, he's back. He um, Actually, everybody, I, I'm sure he won't mind, he's moving this week. So he was trying to get this internet up, and it was just getting to be a little too complicated on trying to figure it out. And I'm here in Maryland, and, and so Glenn and I just did the show. But Philip's well. Um, he will be all set up, and we'll ask him about his new house uh, next week. But he will be back next week. No worries. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork. I'd like to thank all our sponsors for this week's episode, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. Oh,